Welcome back to Life on the Loop Golf Podcast, hosted by Marcus Crow and the bald man, Patrick Ferdy. Two guys grinding it out, lugging bags and living the dream. Join us every Wednesday from Tales from the Course, casual conversation and a dose of golf banter. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow us on the socials at Life on the Loop 9. Subscribe. <laughs> Subscribe. Subscribe. Come on. We, uh, we're in Faraday's Funhouse. New location, new vibes. Guest week. Yep, guest week. Second week on the bounce. So we're, we're holding up our end of the bargain. Back to the weekly apps. Back to, to love and life on the loop. But yeah, we've got, we got a very special guest here today. Uh, we shall give all away in uh, just a moment. Um, but he is a professional caddy in the game of the PGA Tour. He's also a good player. Very. Isn't he? Yep. So we met this geezer up in Michigan at our course. He came out with the player that he caddies for on tour. So we had a high quality group watching some pretty good golf that day. Did. And he turns out to be a good lad, good boy. So we thought. We'll invite him on. You want to come on? Just shoot the shit. Shoot the shit. Tell He's some got tales. Story, yeah. On Wednesday, tales on the course, casual conversation. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, as we're recording this, we actually haven't done the interview yet, but we thought we'd pre-record the intro, just yeah. because. Why not? Why not? We're watching Wake Forest actually right now, playing Trinity Forest. Come on. But yes. So, yeah. I mean, all I know is this episode is going to be a belter. It's probably going to be super funny. You're probably going to hear some stories about Tiger Woods and some devilish antics that these players get up to. So you you want to listen till the end. Yeah. Get get involved. This is our second professional caddy we've got on from the PGA Tour. I don't think as experienced as uh, Pepsi, but I can tell you what. The banter we got when we were in Michigan. He's, I feel like he's he was born to be... A looper. A, a looper, but also born to be... On the um, mic. Maybe British, because his, his banner was, was a <laughs> bit better than the average American. It's not hard, is it, for the most part? But <laughs> it's not hard. Come on. Anyway, yes. let's anyway. rattle into it. Do the intro. Okay. Geese? Guys? Okay. I think it's guys. So, ladies and gents, boys and girls, cats and dogs, we introduce you to Mr. David Geis. Come on. All right. As uh, mentioned in the intro, uh, I didn't butch your name, I hope, but uh, here is Mr. David Geis. A little off, but that's all right. A little off. It is. See, we were debating this. We're like, is it Geis? Is it geese? Is it geese? It's geese, like two gooses. Oh, it is. Okay, we'll have to redo the intro. Got to redo it now. <laughs> it's all good. You're not the first person to say it, so it's all good. And there's people, there's caddies on tour that think that uh, my last name is Geis anyway. That's funny. That's funny. But no, a pleasure to have you on, man. Appreciate you taking the time. I know uh, you just said you're in Vegas right now, so you're a couple of hours behind. But uh, but yeah, no, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Sorry, it's taking so long to get it all dialed. No, all good. It's yeah, it's hilarious. Good. It's it's funny how you know times are good for you, times are bad for us, times are good for us, times are bad for you. So no, we we eventually got it got it in the locker, which which we're glad to glad to have you on. But yeah, man, um, met in, yeah. Met in uh in in Michigan, Detroit. So oh yeah, kind of, 
and your boy. So I guess well, let's just delve into it. So you're caddying for Harrison Endicott. Correct. So, yeah, I guess we kind of met you guys all together that one, yeah, day, that one day up in Michigan. Yeah, a little miscut and play some uh, some golf on world-class courses. It's always a good good consolation prize. Well, it was, the, it was a uh, unfortunate miscut from Harrison that enabled you to then play on that day. Um, but, yeah, I had the, I had the, uh, the fun experience of caddying for you. And uh, then one of the boys was carrying for for Harrison. You actually had a bit of a jolly. You had two shot like five. Yeah, eight. I did. I think you beat the pro. <laughs> Unbelievable. You had the low score of the group, and I wasn't even close. I don't think. Yeah, you shot even. I think. And we tipped it out. No one plays the tips around there. Unbelievable. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did tip out. So you been the first season on the back for Harrison as a rookie, first full right? season. Yeah, I started with them on Corn Ferry July of last year. Uh, first, and then obviously you got a card and. Was nice enough to take me with him. Um, sometimes not not the case, um, but I took a chance going down there with him. And kid's good. You saw it. He's, he's got some game. He does. Yeah. How did that come about? How did you end up on his bag in the Corn Ferry? So I was caddying for Johnson Wagner. Uh, he had an unfortunate golf cart incident that uh, kind of injured. Well, it really injured him. Uh, he ended up deciding to kind of step away a little bit, and then I reached out. No, Harrison's agent probably 10 years, reached out to him and Harrison was looking. So got set up with him in Colorado on Corn Ferry, which is middle of July or end of June. And then just kind of went from there. Do you guys get on like well to start or was it kind of that it developed over time or just straight off the bat? I mean, first week out, he, uh, he got a contention. I think we were one back with four holes left and came up a little short, but finished ninth, I think for the week. So, I mean, I guess it gave him a little bit of confidence right off the bat. Yeah. This guy's got a bit of an idea. All right, I'll stick around. I'll stick him around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Aussies, yeah, like the Aussies. They got some bands. They got they got some to be fair to them. As much as we don't like the Aussies being English, they do have okay banter, to be fair. So Yeah, I mean it's nice. <laughs> I mean it is they're a different breed, that's for sure. Is he has he tried to educate you on the culture? Well, we went down for three weeks last year for oh, Aussie sweet. Open, Aussie PGA. So I got to witness oh, it nice. firsthand. They don't finish words very much. It's all abbreviations. Ah. So you, you got to kind of learn what they're saying. Yeah, the slang words. Their own little lingo. Did you play over there as well? I only got to play once. We, uh, I had a chance to play Royal Melbourne, but it just the timing wasn't working. So we ended up playing Pinball Golf Club, which is real close to where he lives in Sydney. Yeah. I've always wanted to go play that. I feel like those courses look sick. Unbelievable. Man, the Aussie Open was on uh, Kingston Heath and yeah, Kingston Victoria, Heath. and they're unbelievable. Sick. Like fast, firm, big bunkers. Perfect. And I mean, everything about it's great. All the sand is just, they just dug a hole out. They didn't do anything. Yeah. No. So give us a little background on, on you, David, with, you know, I know you said you were trying to play slash playing, and and how did you get even in the caddying world? So I was, uh, I've worked at Quail Hollow for I don't know, close to a decade inside the shop caddying, doing kind of all sorts of things. Uh, but I've played competitive golf since I was eight, and went to college and played played a bunch of amateur stuff, and felt fortunate some guys tried to sponsor me to turn pro in the Latin Q school twice. Not much success, missed by a couple both times, but. 
Uh, then COVID hit and it kind of, I wouldn't say it, it messed up my opportunities. I lost a little bit of interest in the professional route because it was just, I mean, everything got canceled. And then uh, Johnson Wagner was looking for somebody to help him out. And I've been friends with them for, I don't know, 10 years. And ever since I've been at Quail and I jumped at that opportunity and kind of loved it. Obviously he was playing off past statement status. So he wasn't playing full time, but it was cool to just get out there. Yeah. How was that jump? With regards to, yeah, kind of getting thrown at kind of at the deep end of, of things. I know you know golf pretty well, especially obviously the experience you get on Latin as well. It's kind of, you know, very similar in some aspects. So is that something that you adapted well to or did you kind of have a bit of a culture shock? No, I mean, Johnson's a cat in his own mind. So it's like, I mean, there's some stuff, just etiquette stuff that I never knew, just catting on at the big stage, just helping other caddies out and whatnot. And he, he's a caddy in his own mind, like I said, and he kind of showed me the ropes and his old caddy, Matt Hauser. I mean, he took me under his wing a bit and kind of, I won't say showed me the ropes, but also he didn't let me do anything stupid. But Wags for sure. I mean, he, you couldn't pick a better guy to start with, but also his personality and how laid back he is. I don't think you're going to see that again as far as I go. I'm not going to caddy for somebody that laid back again. Yeah. What? How good was he as a player? Was he pretty pure? I mean, he's won three times on the PGA Tour. Unfortunately, it was kind of toward the tail end of his career, and he didn't have great status. But, I mean, he started trending pretty well and then got hurt down at, I'm sure you've been down at Calusa Pines. He uh, flipped a golf cart there and kind of wrecked his knee. Didn't actually know that. I, I I didn't know that story. Were you were you involved? I was not involved. No. <laughs> were you driving? <laughs> was, was he like under the influence? Had a few few nooners? I think he would tell you he had alcohol, but alcohol is not the reason. Yeah. So apparently, this is I'm going to butcher the story, but apparently the front axle was screwed up by his cartmate yeah. that week or that day, and he went to make a turn and it just tumbled. Oh. So it was, it was not. It would have happened whether he's sober or drunk, um, is from my understanding. Oh, so now he has a full exempt membership at Clues Pines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he wheedled his way in. That's he almost worth, that's almost worth it. He yeah. could that's be. It's a pretty. I think that's a pretty good trade off. <laughs> I would. I'm going to hurt my knee, but let me be a member. amputated leg membership at Calusa. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, that I mean, that sounds. I mean, that obviously, as I say, you came at the end of his career, and obviously Harrison's right at the start. Um, you've probably been taking on a lot of advice from other caddies, I'm sure, on tour how to deal with rookies, right? Because as much as you're learning in your career at the start of caddying, like he's learning as a player too, right? The the jump from the Corn Ferry to PGA is that big, not only from a caddy's perspective, but kind of to hone in the player so they don't get too kind of loose out there absolutely i mean it's huge and and if you i mean you watch enough corn for golf it takes 2500 to win every week yeah and these guys come out to the tour and they think they got to be perfect and fire at flags and it's just not the case i mean yeah the guys are good at golf on the pga tour but they play smart and not every hole is a green light flag and it's just trying to get them to to realize, hey, we don't have to fire this flag. Short-sided here is, is automatic bogey, and a four's not bad. And then on the other side of that, I mean, 
just trying to convince them that they belong. I mean, you're going from the big fish in the in the, on the corn ferry to little guy on the PGA Tour, learning new courses. And fortunately, I knew a lot of the courses, but there were some that were new to me too. So me and him both had a little bit of a learning curve together. Yeah. So what's obviously a lot of the caddies they've seen the courses before. So if you if you're going to a fresh course, what's your what's your schedule? For the week, my go-to if if he's not playing Monday Pro Am, I'll go out there and walk at least the front nine until he gets there. Uh, if I'm there early enough, I'll walk everything, but um, just chart it out, see where the trouble is, where we where you don't want to miss, where's a good spot to play from. I mean, really, it's just making making sure that I have everything down when he gets there, just so that I can confidently show him around. I mean, obviously, he's a good player; he's going to figure it out, but. Mm. A lot of the cover levels, where's the first tee? Where's the driving range? Where's the putting green? Where's the locker room? All that stuff is huge. I mean, and it's hard, too. Like, you get you get on site and you're like, oh, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. But yeah. it's good to have somebody there. It's like, all right, we, registration's to your left. Let's go register, and then we'll go hit some balls. It's this way. First tee's over here or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if you, you know, obviously you're aware of the podcast. We, we talked about it a little bit when I was looping for you, but... You know, same thing with Pepsi. He was talking about you're kind of not only a caddy, but you're you're kind of a manager, like a mini ma- micro manager with that kind yeah. of stuff, exactly. Because it makes him at ease if you know everything. Mm-hmm. And basically, like when you're doing on the course, it makes him just like, all right, you know, David's got his shit together, rather than like, oh for fuck's sake, like I got 20 minutes left. Where's the pun? You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, even outside of the golf course, it's like, hey, where have you eaten in the past around here? That's pretty good. Like, where's a good place to stay? I know his manager is always going to have that too, but somebody that's on site all the time like hey fresh out of the streets awesome let's let's go there today do you guys hang out off the course like what's the relationship where you're kind of like independent we're pretty close like with wags i bet you i mean we were close friends going into the business side of it and i bet you we'd eat maybe once a week unless we stayed together yeah with him i bet I mean, we'd probably eat five nights a week together yeah. I mean, we hang out quite a bit that's like a legit relationship yeah like uh, is uh, now fiance mentioned at one point is like you see him way more often than I see him. <laughs> I guess the same thing. I mean, I mean, we're seven days a week basically, and out to dinner. So I mean, it's a lot of time. So yeah. if you, if you guys have got back to back tournaments like you have over the last two weeks, I mean, where do you base yourself? Is it is it North Carolina? So North Carolina, right? Yeah, I'm in Charlotte. So. But you just go constantly go on the travel. You go Sunday, then you're straight traveling Monday. Is that and is that tough? Is that a lifestyle that you love right now? Or is it? Could you see yourself doing that for a while? Or? Yeah, I mean, I love to travel. Like when I was obviously I, I played a bit, so I was traveling not quite as much as this. I wasn't playing twenty twenty five minutes twenty five minutes a year, but I enjoy the travel. Um, I guess like if we miss a cut, I'll consider going home for a couple of days and then fly out depending on where we are, like if we'd have missed the cut in Jackson, Mississippi last week, I probably would have gone home. Um, but if, like, say we had a week next week and we missed the cut in Vegas, I'm likely staying in Vegas for a couple of days. Ah, saying <laughs> Casino. A hundred and There's a lot of pool pies. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to get into. Hell yeah. That's funny. That's awesome. Should we delve into last week's tournament? This, this, this was quite interesting, so... Was this one of the first times Harrison's kind of really been up there? He was tied for the lead, second round. Yeah, so it was, cer- it was certainly his first time in the last group on the weekend, yeah. uh, on the PGA Tour. Yeah. 
Um, he's he got into contention, rel- a kind of in contention at his rookie debut in Napa last year. I think we finished twelfth, but mm. we were, I think we got as high as maybe fifth. And then earlier this year, we were third to last group at the Byron Nelson, and he got paired with Jason Day, and obviously it's somebody he looks up to. But yeah, definitely it was the last. It was the first time we were in the last group. How how was that? Was it was it different? Was it did he seem different? Were there nerves? Um, it it didn't seem like he was too nervous to start. He rolled his first spot five feet by and then missed the comeback around the first hole. So I think that I don't know if he'd admit it or not, but I think that got into him a little bit, a little nervy. We didn't get very many putts to the hole the rest of the way, but uh, I mean, it's he hasn't been playing great leading up or at the end of the season, and it was huge how quick it's it's turned for him going from man, I just can't make a cut right now to seven weeks later getting in contention and like really feeling like he can win a golf tournament. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I, I, we were looping on Saturday. I came back and I, I caught the end of Saturday's round because I saw he was, he was in the in the lead. It just looked like he was having a tough time out there. But it's, you, you think he's close? I mean, you got. I guess you got to go through these periods to, you know, push through and be comfortable when you're in this position again. Yeah, I think he's really close, actually. I mean, like I said, at the end of end of what would be the regular season, typically, I think he missed four straight cuts, and honestly, none of it was close. As uh, he will tell you, his, his mental game and attitude just wasn't there, and he's gotten some help, and he's, I mean, it, his atti- it was a different person from, I guess our last event was Wyndham to Napa, just ready to roll, like loving life, loving golf, and just ready to, ready to go kick some ass. Yeah. What did you have to do anything in particular? Like, I guess you missed that. You make a three part on the first. Have you, do you say anything or do you just kind of like let it, let him go, let him roll? Uh, we walked out the first goal and I was like, hey, we got plenty of golf club. Let's just, I mean, there's plenty of birdies out here. Let's just keep it rolling. You know, you're hitting it good. And obviously, I mean, he didn't play great on Saturday, but it was a lot, it was a learning experience. And he will, one, I'm fully confident he'll be better off the next time. It's just, figuring out your tendencies when you're nervous and mm. trying to harness it a little bit. I think I, I would say most guys when they're nervous, they get a little quick in their movements and then the putts get tentative and his coach watched basically every shot on Saturday and, and he had gotten quick with everything. Yeah. I was, I, even with the, you know, four or five hours that, you know, we both saw, or at least I saw out there, he's that kind of like happy go lucky kind of character. Um, yeah, that's for sure. You know, it was one of those, you know, I was looking at his golf swing. It, it's nothing really goes wrong, if that makes yeah. sense. It's it's yeah. super simple, super smooth. It's like, you know, it sounds kind of an oxymoron, but it's like, why can't you shoot 12 under every, you know, sorry, six, seven six, under seven every under round? Because it's just like, it's just so rhythmic. It's so easy. Um, you know, his swing speed's not crazy fast, so it's like nothing really can go wrong. So it's like it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's super nice. It was I was like, damn, this kid's he's really like really, really good. So it was it was funny. I a text you on that Friday, I think it was Friday night. I was like, let's fucking go. Cause I was like, if we get yeah. this pod going on, he he gets a top five or even wins. I was like, that's that'll be that'll be sick. So was it was it something as you as a caddy too in that position? You were like, How do you how, and my question is, how do you, as a caddy, change kind of your dynamic of thinking? Or, or do you just keep going with the flow? I try to go. I mean, are you, I'm sure you saw it. Mean, I'm pretty laid back. I don't, 
nothing really rattles me up. I'll, he likes to chirp and I'll chirp back. And honestly, if, if I can stay calm and he can see that I'm calm, I think that's got to help. I mean, and Johnson used to say that too. You could, you could snap hook one of the water, or you could hit it to a foot, and he'd look over at me, and I'm going to give him the same reaction. It's either going to be a good shot or let's give him the next one. Laughing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't, I really, I don't know why it is, but it, nothing really uh, gets me going on the golf course to, to get pissed off. I just, uh, Try to be positive all the time. I love it. I love it. But like, it's always cool. I mean, I wouldn't be lying if I said there wasn't a little bit of nerves on the first tee if you're in the last three, but yeah. I don't think it changes anything I do. I think you can kind of then, like, stick, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, you know, your character, I feel like that'd be kind of a moment to be like, fuck, this is, you're not hit playing golf. Like, shit, that's no stress. Like, you know, when we yeah. get out there, yeah, a guy shooting, you know, best career of his life or he's shooting 104 yeah it's like, i don't care it's not you know what i mean but you know for you it's kind of like oh shit you know i'm him he's me that we're, we're a team yeah. at this point you know you're like fuck you know i can't miss club him or you know when we were talking to some caddies before on tour and stuff they're like you know if they're really good with judging the wind or you know when do you know when to pull them back nah i think it's a seven nine not a six iron kind of thing you know yeah, the first time I ever caddied uh, in a tournament, it's like, or actually, just anything big. It's like I caddied for a buddy of mine in the U.S. Mid Am in 2019 that he actually ended up winning. But the the biggest thing for me is I'm more nervous when he's hitting a shot, me standing on the bag. Just I don't know why, but then when I'm hitting a shot, like if I was in the shot, I don't, I don't care if it, if I snap hook it, it's like whatever. We'll go hit the next one, but. I mean, it is certainly more nerve-wracking caddying than playing them in competitive golf to me. I get so anxious watching. If there's people I know on TV, I'm like, Jesus Christ, don't top it. Don't duff it. Don't shank it. I'm like, please. I get, I get sweaty hands just thinking about it. I'm the same way. He'll have a five-footer, and I, I could have nothing to do with it. I haven't read it at all or anything. I'm like, please don't fucking miss it. Like. <laughs> And he's he's so good inside five feet. I don't know why I think that way, but <laughs> so can you so, uh, also just for the listeners as well, David? Obviously, you're at the high end, you know, top top elite one percent of golf, right? Um, what's the process um, for you to get on a bag? Obviously, you mentioned you know you know agents and stuff like that, but for someone who's out there right now, like us two, right, decent ish players, you know, have experience at really good clubs, no a few guys, if we wanted to get on tour or, or you were to kind of describe to someone, like, how do you get onto tour on caddying? Like, how is that? How is that done? I mean, it's, uh, I've told people all the time, it's almost harder to get on tour as a caddy as a, or than as a player. Obviously, you got to be really good at golf. So that's, it's, it sounds dumb to say, but hmm. I mean, you got to know some people, one, or you really got to hustle. So by hustle, I mean, going to Monday qualifiers and just hanging out see who qualifies and try to pick up their bag or go to a corn fairy event and try to pick up a bag that somebody's caddy couldn't make it. I mean, it's really, it's a grind if you're not, if you don't have the right connections. I mean, you gotta, you gotta put in some effort and you might lose some money, just like playing professionally. You might lose some money before you get to the top, but I mean, it takes some work. I was very fortunate. I had it in and once, uh, once I got with WAGS, I got a little bit of experience and was able to ask an agent like, Hey, and he knew I played decent golf, and I think that helps. I mean, I'd say 20 years ago, the, it doesn't look like the caddies were necessarily good golfers, and now it seems like it's trending that way. There's a lot of former 
PGA Tour players carrying bags, though. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. Like, Will Wilcox is carried for some JM right now. Huh. He was, huh. I mean, he played six years on tour. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, actually, um, who who do we carry for in the same group as uh, at the basketball? Guy who went to live. Danny Lee. Danny Lee. So his yeah. caddy, I'm not sure if he's got the same one now over at Live, but he played, I think, on the Corn Ferry for a few years, maybe, or web.com. Yeah, Grant yeah. Grant yeah. 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 So, interesting. That's that's yeah. just another example of that. We, you know, a couple of years ago when he was on the PGA Tour playing basketball, we were doing the we were doing the Monday, or like the Celebrity Am or whatever it was called. And so, yeah, no, that's interesting. So Yeah, <laughs> it's, there's quite a few. Like, I mean, even as recently as the 3M, Eric Ben Reed's caddy Monday qualified for the 3M. Hmm. They got paired together, and I mean, it, there's there's some sticks on the on the caddy side of things. Have you ever so? I guess caddying for like Johnson and Harrison. Have you ever like made like like a big error, like given a bad number, like a bad number, bad club? I don't know about a big air. I know at Sea Island last year, and I'll, I'll never forget it because we were, uh, I forget what hole it was. It was like number, it would have been probably six on the plantation course. I paced it off, got to give him a number, very confident with the number. It's a shot, and he, he kind of he kind of hit it heavy, and it ended up like five feet behind the hole, and I didn't think anything of it. Then I get to the green, and I'm like, fuck, I was 12 off on that number. Like, I wasn't even close. But <laughs> He flushed it. He, got he flushed it. It was like, dude, I hit that perfect. Why am I 35 feet long? But he chunked it and hit it close. It like tumbled a bit to four feet. He's like, oh, I got away with that one. I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be, that's enough. I'd be so anxious because you, you no lasers, right? Except in practice days. Yeah. So you're pacing everything out. That's a lot of pressure compared to like the club stuff we're doing. Just, shooting a laser, hitting a pin, pin sheet. And the other thing, too, is uh, he doesn't open his book for the yardage. So if my number's wrong, we are – it's Pressure. me. There's nothing else. Wow. And he's oh, still in meters. Shoot. He's in meters, and we are – we use a yardage book, so we, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is unusual. So we pace off yards and then convert it to meters. Oh, damn. Huh. Get your calculator out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so – <laughs> He keeps a chart in his book, but I've got it kind of memorized. So I don't I don't miss the conversion too often. Yeah. Jeez, that's crazy. That's not that's like such an extreme if like if you get one wrong, that's almost like a fireable expense. It's almost like pressing the, Absolutely. the nuclear weapon button, like you're done. Literally. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. You're just quiet and awkward for the rest of the round. You're like, shit. Dude, that's I would I would have sleepless nights thinking like coming down the stretch, 18, we've got a one shot lead. I've given the wrong number. And he's airmailed it. Meters and yards. See, that's the thing, because we, we've done that so many times. We've shot it and we've picked something out the back. And you're like, yeah, 134, Timmy. Hit the, you know, you're pulling out his you know, five iron. And he hits it and he hits it 40 yards long. And you're like, what? And he re-zap it. It's like 100. And you're like, oh, shit. But then with the hack, you're just like, yeah. oh, you actually, you, you killed it. You flopped it. It's called the center, Tim. Yeah. You hit it good. We got to yeah. do that every time. I mean, we got to readjust if you're going to hit it that good. <laughs> so you meant you mentioned you'd uh, so you carried a little bit of quail. Yep. Um, how so? Obviously, that was for members and guests. How long were you doing that for? So I was there for eight years. Uh, I guess 2015 to basically end of last year. 
But I worked in a shop caddy, and it was a good spot there, too. You play with members, and if there's a threesome going out, throw, hey, you mind grabbing your clubs, go tee it up with those guys. Like, so, I mean, it was the best job on the planet if if you're into golf. Uh, and predominantly male or female, too? They have a couple of uh, female members, but a couple of female, but they're not necessarily the ones that are there that are actually they've added two recently that are actually pretty good players. But other than that, it's a it's a predominantly male club. You like you do you sometimes like miss just kind of like the relaxed member, have a few beers, shoot the numbers, and you know, or do you do you actually prefer on tour? I prefer it on tour. I, I went back uh, two weeks ago in Caddy and the guys are shooting 95 and telling you how bad your read is. And, <laughs> I mean, it's, and then I had one guy there uh, a couple weeks ago too. He's like, uh, I'd shoot the number and give it to him and then he'd go grab his laser and shoot it again. I'm like, bro, you're a 20 handicapper. I'm not giving you the wrong number, first of all. And then I would read a pot and he would tell all the other guys like, hey, no, it's more, it's more this way. And I'm like, I've been out here for for almost a decade. I've been on this golf course a thousand times. I think I, I've got it. Do you ever try? Do you ever have you ever since being back? Obviously, being on tour. Like, do you ever get? Do you ever get frustrated enough? Way like, you know, I do carry on tour, right? Uh, you- yes. It takes about <laughs> it, it takes about four holes, and they'll be like, "So, how long have you been here?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, eight years." But yeah, actually, carry on tour, like. Uh, for Harrison Indicott, I'm just here for the week. That's it. I'm not going to do that unless the guy's just a complete douchebag, though. That's funny, dude. That's funny. Right in your place. So basically, like the club, country club members are like more needy and a bigger pain in the ass than the tour pros. I'd say the at least at Quell, the members are not needy at all. They're the uh, best. It's their guests. It's the ones that uh, think that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they need to be catered to. I'm sure you see the same thing. The members are usually laid back and. Hey, David, what do you want to drink right now? And the members are like, hey, we clean this? Or the guests, I mean, hey, clean this. Will you get that bunker? Like, come on, dude. I'll get <laughs> yeah. to it. Just give me a second. <laughs> so, obviously, the club that we're at, um, it's an entertaining club. Uh, yeah. A lot of things happen. Um, tell us, or can you dive into any kind of crazy opportunities good opportunities funny experiences anything that you're willing to uh to share with us at quail uh anywhere wherever you've you know if it's not just quail um but you know we can call it but at least a quail i can't dive too much into quail but i know i mean it is a heavy heavy drinking club they like oh. to have a good time we I all mean, get to quail people I try outside of quail, quail. they always say stuff like oh that's quail world. like it's not quail normal world. Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, they have something similar to Augusta. Augusta's got jamboree. We've got quailery, and I mean, there's a lot of money exchanged on, on the card card tables and on the golf course. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting club. It's uh, you would think it's a stuffy place, and any, any yeah, like literally zero rules other than play fast. Love that. Love that. Have fun. Play Love fast. Play Is fast. it? Can you dive into maybe maybe specific or? Or is that how you're gonna leave it? Just lots of uh, lots of drinking and money. <laughs> so uh, I'll dive in a little bit because a guy I caddy for whenever I'm home is if you're in Charlotte, everybody knows who is. he's owns car dealership. He's own part of a NASCAR team. He's just he's a Cuban immigrant. He's the nicest guy in the world. 
He's a little bit flashy. His nickname's Amigo. He's he's the absolute best guy in the world. Whenever he plays golf, I can't even. He's a 35 handicap. He, hmm. But he loves it. And he plays with the same guys every time. And Quillery this year, I wasn't there for it. Um, but they end up playing cards every time afterwards. And I was told he won a five-figure number uh, in cash that also turned into nearly six figures um, in IOUs. And he got to the table. He's like, I don't, I don't like to take money from friends and rip it up. I mean, he, huh. He's just that kind of guy. He's Love it. Stupid, stupid money on the card table and just, nah, guys, you're fine. Just put it back in your pocket. That's funny. Damn. Do you uh do you find gam so obviously gambling's big at, at Quail as, as as well as our club. Um gambling on tour? Kind of, you know, for, huh. for pre rounds or anything like that? You know, what's practice, practice shows rounds? for sure. Practice yeah. shows for sure. Those those are always guys playing for something. I mean we we put Nick Hardy and Eric Cole today and you know, everybody's got side games. Some bigger than others. My guy's uh, a little on the cheaper end and doesn't play for big, big money, but does love a little side action. Harrison, Harrison like it? Harrison get involved? He likes some side action. It's just for somebody that's so good, I'm surprised and plays on PJ Tour for stupid amounts of money. If it's like a, a side bet with somebody, it's not getting more than 20, 40 bucks. <laughs> Funny. Whereas like if I, when I play, I mean, I played an old sandwich a few months ago with a college teammate, and nice. I knew we were playing for a decent amount of money. And we get to, I think it was like sixteen. He's like, like if we lose, are you okay paying it? I said, well, what's the match at? He's like, well, we're up thirteen hundred. And I'm like, ooh, I didn't know we were playing for that much, but yeah, I'm good for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's but the heart rate went a little up because I'm, I mean, I'll play for a hundred, a couple hundred, whatever, and I'm okay with that. But once it starts getting to the thousands, I'm not. It's not normal for me. So double down, hundred dollar yeah. Nassau. That's rent money. No, well, no. we would, uh, yeah, we ended up going into. So I don't know if you've been to Old Sandwich. There's a, a 19th hole, but there's two separate tees you can play. You can play from basically the 18th green to it, and then you can play from the 10th tee back to it. And we play the first one. I think we were up. I want to say we were up 1300 at that time, and the guys were planning to birdie it to go. Where I think we were only up 300, so we play again. The um, from the tip tee box, and if we lose the hole, we end up losing a thousand. If we win the hole, we could potentially win thirteen hundred. And we end up, fortunately, I made about a twenty five footer for Bernie, but no, I catch in, so made made my night sleep a little easier. <laughs> the electricity was on. You could have a hot hot shower. <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate. I literally hit the same exact spot that I hit it to on the first playoff hole, and made the putt so easy. I misread my own putt so. Wow. I love it. I was gonna say you're you you're rocking the strong mullet, my friend. Oh, I just I got see that. Out, so you go uh, with the Aussie Cameron Smith yeah, style. Cam Smith trip. <laughs> I had, like, so when, when we were with you, I had a mullet, but it was all along, so you can't really you can't uh, really tell. Okay. I went and cut it the other day. I told the barber, I was like, you can get a, as aggressive as you want. And she, <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna go two on the sides. I'm like, go for it. I said, like, you can't. It's a mullet. You can't mess it up. It's supposed to go look shit. That's <laughs> oh, funny. Let's, should we talk about how Marcus was on the bag oh, when yeah. you played up in Michigan? Shit. He's great. I mean, it was relaxed around. I mean, uh, I I want to say I like to sound easy to caddy for, so I don't ask much. Yeah. If you screw up as a caddy with me, then you've really done something bad. 
but Marcus is fucking awesome. He's he's great. Oh, come on. Good number on the uh, oh. 16, the, the hole over water. 16, yep. Yeah. Good number. That. I mean, I had a shit shot. Come on. Yeah, no, that was, it was actually, you were, uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Harrison, actually, but both of you were like, uh, I think one of the, either uh, it was a sponsor or you knew a sponsor who had given you some really good tequila, was it? Uh, was it some really good whiskey? But I remember you were like, I could really do with something. Harrison looked over. He's like, well, I made a cut. Might as well fucking bring it out. <laughs> but it was like where we're at was a lot of oh. Max Country Club vibe. And uh, yeah, the member, the member didn't have much going, but it was it was funny, though. You were like, oh, yeah, open. I have a ball right now. Let's go. Let's go to town. Oh, you you get me uh you get me all going. I was like, shit, we can have a bit of a sesh here. <laughs> yeah, I mean he hasn't really drank since he hasn't drank since July, so a little bit after we saw you. And uh, yeah. at least the start of the year. I wasn't drinking much too, but I could see when your clubhouse gets built back up, that place could be a scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was well that was, well, yeah. I mean that that was obviously that was our first year there. Uh we were in Long Island last year. Um, so obviously we only saw photos and pictures of us actually burning down. So it was kind of weird because obviously the photos that we saw, it just looks incredible. And obviously with walking the likes of that course, you know, we, we played it a bunch, uh, Caddy Master was awesome. Um, you know, you could kind of get, you lose a little bit of not respect for it, but you kind of get comfortable with like, you realize like we're caddying at this course. It yeah. was just amazing. Like the greats that have walked that course, you know, the same as Quail, right? Some of the courses, like I'm guessing you you get to play a bunch too, which is an awesome perk of the job, right? Yeah. So if I'm, a, I've, I've always got my clubs on the road. Uh, some weeks I don't even pull them out of the travel bag. Sometimes I uh, play three times and I'm staying with uh, Zach Blair's caddy this week, Nick, aka the Russian. Uh, and Zach Blair obviously loves to play golf and, me and Nick try to play at least once a week if we can. I know he came and played TV or uh, Southern Highlands on Sunday before I got here, but yeah, we've played some good spots. I mean, I've got the tree farm hat on right now. Zach's new spot in uh, Aiken, near Aiken, kind of. That place is unbelievable if y'all can get a chance to go. You said North Carolina, right? I'm in North Carolina. Tree farm's in South Carolina. So oh, okay. it's, it's in between Columbia and Aiken, so not too far from Augusta. Well, I saw that on your Instagram. I don't really know much about this place. Is it pretty? So I, it's it's incredible. You, you kind of had a soft opening last, uh, like I said, I mean, last spring, and then closed for the summer. And then had somewhat of a soft opening. They're still building clubhouse and cottages, and but it's I mean, it's wide open and fun, and it's just a, as he says, it's a cool hang. So yeah. kind of the idea is that you go play thirty six holes in the morning. You play. Your own ball in the afternoon, they encourage you to play alternate shot, which is, Dang. it sounds scary and not that fun. And then you play and you're like, damn, that was more fun than playing your own ball and certainly less exhausting. Yeah. Love that. that. That's what I love about like clubs that are starting to take, you know, more caddy clubs that are starting to do that. Obviously, if you've ever been to Scotland, you'll know Muirfield and certain days you have to play alternate shot. Yeah. Right? And I think um, he was inspired by that. I mean, I I, I I love that. I love where golf's going with that. What do you think about golf in general, uh, you know, over the last few years? Love it where it's going or? I think so. 
not necessarily the whole tour thing, but like with golf course vibes, I think it's getting more relaxed, but also getting back to just places being a, a place to hang out, not a proper buttoned up collar and always having your hat on and just everything's so prim and proper. It's, it's cool to see it getting a little bit more relaxed. I'm sure the clubs that y'all go to, even caddy and, and playing, you see it's way more relaxed than it used to be. Like, there's some uh, there's some of these top-notch clubs, Marion and Oakmont and those places that are starting to allow music on the golf course and just going away from it to be the stuffy sport that it can be. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Now, this this is random, but this reminds me of like all the noise and stuff. Live golf, right? That's that's a part yeah. of it. If if Harrison gets the call, says, "Look, this is live golf here. We got a spot." You think he's jumping? And it's hard to turn down money, <laughs> right? That is right. And if you look at if you look at the if you look what's going on now, I mean, if if they do merge, I mean, what's the risk at this point going? I mean. Jay Monahan has said we're gonna. There's gonna be a pathway back. So like, if I, don't know, I, mean, I hate to. So where were you? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of you know. We were actually in Utah, right? We were in Utah, and uh, we were playing Wolf Creek in those places. And I remember on the sofa, me and you, and I was on my phone, and I got like the uh, either it was the PGA or someone, maybe it was Zaya Golf, tweeted something with the whole merger thing, and so I put the TV on. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Where were you? Do you remember? I think we were in Canada. Um, I got the text and I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you've talked all this, you've talked all this shit about live. Uh, speaking of Jay, um, and you've, you've brought in the 9 11 stuff. And then all of a sudden you see merging with Saudi Arabia. It's like, what? I mean, at the end of the day, I, I feel like they kind of have to at some point, not necessarily merge, but there has to be an agreement somewhere because. You can't just have two tours fighting with each other, especially they've got some world-class players that the PGA Tour misses as much as they're not going to admit it. But how can you not want a golf pair with Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepp, and Cam Smith? Like, those guys are missed. But yeah. at the end of the day, in my opinion, live golf's kind of – I mean, it's a joke format to me. I think the golf tournament's always four rounds. A shotgun start. I don't know when you play junior golf. When you play a shotgun start, it's kind of kind of shitty. Right out to the hole, you come back, and everyone's trying to sign a scorecard at the same time. Like, <laughs> like a member guest. I used to hate it. Yeah, member guest. Oh shit. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think they did that though? Like I always look at it from like different sides, especially from like good player sides like yourself and caddies. Like, do you think they did that though, just to make the noise? And do you really think that Greg Norman wasn't really heading the live? And do you think that was actually, it was all just to try and disrupt the PGA to try and create, as I say, they have so much money, boatloads of billions of dollars. Do you think they were just doing that to then go, you know what, in two years time, watch, it's going to go back to four. It's going to go back to this. It's going to, you know what I mean? Do you think that or? I think a, a, absolutely a part of it is that way. And I mean, Phil warned people of it. I mean, he went about it, I guess some people say the right way, some people say the wrong, wrong way, but I think he went about it the wrong way. But he was 100% correct in everything he said. See, PJ Tour said no money. Uh, yeah, it is. It's I the mean, only sport you don't get that guaranteed contract, right? And that's the hard part. Like, let's, let's, I mean, obviously now PJ Tour rookies get, or everybody gets a guaranteed 500. But if you go look at that money list, if you, you have to play really bad to not make 500K. So it's, it's, wow. 
it looks good on paper. Like, yeah, I'm guaranteed 500k. But at the end of the day, if you only made 500k, you should you probably you should not be able to it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's stress. Before it was stressful for rookies. You got to pay a caddy. You got to pay expenses. I know an article came out. Ben Griffin talked about how much he spends each week. And it's averages six k a week. So you go and miss fifteen cuts in a row. You're playing the best best tour in the world for the sport you play, and you're losing money. Yeah, you're money. one of the best two hundred golfers in the world. And you're losing money to do it. I know you got off course money and whatnot, but that's crazy. No, yeah, yeah, it was it was the whole it was that also you know reverting back to what you just said, like with Phil, like Sergio said it to Rory with like you know we we deserve this, and it was like. It's funny. It's always great when someone has multi millions in the bank to say we love this game, but yeah. like the likes of those guys that jumped from PGA to live and those kids out of college, like money does talk. Like it is. It's it, you would be silly not to, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Harold Varner put it the best. I mean, he came out flat. I think part of the reason people were mad is they're saying for to grow the game and whatnot. Harold flat out came out and said. This is life-changing money. Like, how do I say no to life-changing money? It helps yeah. my kid be able to sleep and be able to help his kids. And like, I think that was my biggest complaint: is these guys coming out and saying it's not about the money. I don't care where the money comes from, but you can't tell me that you're taking, you're going to live because you want to grow the game. Dustin Johnson had the quote of, I, "I seriously think you should put this on a on a billboard." It was like, if you asked someone in this world, you know, nurse, doctor, whatever, maybe what bus driver if you can work for 10 times the money and half the time would you take it and the answer is yes every time every yeah. single time yeah. it was dj said it, and i was like that is genius that's the best thing he's ever said ever <laughs> and people ask me too like would you go caddy on live i'm like uh yes i can work yeah. 14 weeks of the year instead of 25 and make <laughs> significant amount of money yes i'm traveling around yeah. i mean you're traveling around the world at that point too right yeah, and it's not as bad because you're you're not going you're not going every week. It's you yeah, one week off three, and then you go like, oh, we're going to Abu Dhabi or wherever they go. Going to London, going to I mean, how do you say no to that? You'll be you'll be at those beach parties every week. Every week. might not turn up on right, that yeah. on that Thursday Friday afternoon. Man's giving dodgy yardages every <laughs> week. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Speaking of that, so Detroit week. Uh, I guess it was Tuesday. He uh, he's like, hey, let's meet at, I, th I think it was 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. But my birthday was the night before. And I said, all right, I'll be there at 9. He's like, I'm going to hit the gym, uh, eat some breakfast, and we'll meet on the putting green. So 9 o'clock to me meant, all right, we're not going to get to the putting green until 9.45. I'll, I'll get there about 9.45. Because I, I was hung. I mean, I was hungover as could be. <laughs> I, I get on the bus. I, as soon as I get on the caddy bus, I going to lean back, put my hat over the eyes, fall asleep. And Pepsi was sitting behind me. Uh, He's like, long night? I'm like, yeah, it was my birthday last night. I had a few too many bourbons. They, uh, I'm, I'm hurting. So I get to the golf course, and I don't know, have y'all been in Detroit's golf uh, clubhouse there? I went Pretty to the grand event. clubhouse. Yeah, so yeah. you walk to the right, and there's like a, a storage closet for the employees. Well, the lights are pitch black. I go, and I literally lay down on the floor in there. And pass out for like 10 minutes and feel my phone vibrate. And it's Harrison's like, Where are you? I'm like, Oh, mate, caddy, uh, caddy shuttle's running late. I'll be there in five. 
I grabbed the bag of the putting green. He's like, where the fuck were you? I was like, man, the caddy caddy thing was uh, was slow. He's like, I don't know. That caddy said he, you were on the bus with him. <laughs> oh, he's dogged you out. Oh, Pepsi's throwing you under. Pepsi's throwing you under the bus. They, guys, geese is hanging on the bus. You had 45 drinks last night. Geese is laying yeah. down in the cloakroom in the dark. He's like, geese has been here for 30 minutes. I think he's <laughs> in the closet. And also, he was he was saying Endicott's name last night at the bar, so you might as well check your credit card as well. <laughs> yeah. ah. Charge it all to his room. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to the putting green, I was like, dude, I'm hurting. I'm sorry if I'm not being good today, but it was fortunate practice round. And uh, actually, I don't even think we played that day. It was a pro am that we weren't in. So, That's I mean, I, I don't think he knows this, but I, uh, we're all in rage. And I'm like, damn, I don't feel good at all. I was like, here, so I got to go take a leak. And I walk over the pulley's on and just yak all oh. like, I'm like, oh, as man. soon as that, as soon as I get to that bed, it's going to be so good. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's so good. That is funny. There's one other story I wanted to touch on. I can't remember exact details, but when, when you guys were playing, you were talking about a putt Harrison had at Sawgrass. I can't remember if there was a there was a fight about if it was a misread or a push. Yeah, got video uh, footage out as well, which I knew oh, yeah. was, he, he was so determined to be right. So hey, let me hear it. Let's so we're hear. playing Sawgrass. He uh, so he's been hitting great. I mean, I think we were in seventh on the first day. I think it was the first day. It was the first day. So he hits. I think he hit six iron to like twelve feet behind the hole on sixteen. And honestly, he hit. I read maybe maybe two, three putts around. Not a whole lot. That round I was reading, I think I, in the first seven holes, I think I read five of them. So he had, and he had made nothing, literally nothing all day. We get to 16, and I pointed inside right. He thinks I point outside right. But I've, I've got footage. I pointed inside right. <laughs> he hits this putt. He, put, he pushes it, misses high, looks at me. That pole's dead straight. He didn't move at all. Get done with the round, and his, his coach calls, and he's like, Oh man, how was that putt on 16? It looked like you shoved the hell out of her or shoved it. I don't know what he did exactly. He was like, man, you shoved it. He's like, I hit it perfect. Davey gave me the wrong read. Davey <laughs> <laughs> gave me the wrong read. And he's like, mate, I, I have the video. You pushed it. Because I know I had a perfect putt. So we get back and I go on PGA Tour Live and I pull it up and I'm like, look, Harrison, this is where I pointed inside right. You started it outside the hole and you missed it right. And he's like, no, you, you point it outside the hole. I show him the footage, and he still he just won't believe it. So every round we play, if that comes up, he brings that up. And as as you saw, I'm quick to pull it. I love it. I love it. That's that just funny. shows that you boys have got good good relationship, right? Because you know, absolutely. That, that's good because you know as much as he can accept it, you can as well. Which I'm sure yeah. you, you probably get a bit more brunt of the shit than 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 obviously you give him. So it's. That's cool. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you just don't take it personal. I mean, it's yeah. we're both awesome. trying to. He knows that I'm not going to do something on purpose to fuck him up, and no. he knows when he's mad and something went wrong, and he says something to me. I'm not going to take it personal. Do you have any uh, superstition? Do you have any superstitions as a caddy, or that you've grown to have any? Caddy, no. When I played, I used to. They have the same amount of tees in my pocket at all times, send them a golf ball, whatnot. Um, it's caddy and no, but we we're so last week at Jackson, we went to this place called Walk Ons on Thursday night, and you shoot 64 on Friday or 65 on Friday. And I was sitting with uh, Davis Riley's caddy, and I forget who else was with us that night. Oh, uh, Matt Naismith's caddy. And they're like, well, you got to come back to 
you got to go back to walk-ons tomorrow day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you well, that's who we sat with on Thursday. He's like, you got to go back to walk-ons. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So we go to a different restaurant Friday night, and he doesn't necessarily play well on Saturday. So I might be getting a new superstition. Uh-huh. If we play well at one restaurant, I'll be there the rest of the fucking week. Oh, gee, you know what's going to happen? He's going to go to McDonald's on a Wednesday night. He's going to shoot 62. It's four nights. Yeah, then I'm four nights. McDonald's four nights, yeah. <laughs> But I'm okay Mine's with that. If it gets a, what's that? Mine's getting a triple Big Mac when he starts no, winning. It's going to be the same restaurant, same deal. If he shoots 62 the first oh. round next time. Think about it, though. This could be good for you because if you go to a half-decent restaurant, and especially if it's near, say, South Carolina, North Carolina, whatever, you then get sponsored. You yeah. get a black card. You, all of a sudden, you get stock. Yeah. Boom. I like where your head's at. I think it's perfect. <laughs> we so always said that, that too. With this podcast, we're like, mate, we should shout out some of the great bars in Tampa so we start getting sponsorships. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, eventually, eventually you'll get it. You just got to get the right views. <laughs> I know. I know. My, That's a thing, you know. It's right. Views. My go-to thing is me and him both are big coffee snobs and we try to find the best coffee shop in whatever town we're at. And I, I want to somehow pitch it where I wear the coffee shop's hat. And even if they pay me 500 a week, it, I mean, it adds up pretty quickly. Good point, actually. So the Valspar, obviously, uh, not coming up anytime soon, is it? No, it's, no, it's for a while. Yeah. But um, the concept of the Valspar is pretty cool. So there's a lot of, um, what's the word? There's a lot of, Jesus uh, Christ, I'm blanking here. Um, for caddies wearing certain hats or colored socks or uh, incentives yeah. um, right on tour. Can you maybe just run through some of those? Yeah, so Valspar is our main sponsor as caddies go. I mean, obviously guys have obligations that their player requires them to wear a certain hat or a certain logo, one of their sponsors. But Valspar in general, if you caddy on the tour, you can wear a Valspar hat. They pay you to wear it. So it's it's similar to the FedEx Cup. You get one, you get paid per point. So you get a certain amount of points for wearing it for the full week and you get a certain amount of points if your guy finishes top 10 or wins. And then they also have color points. So if you're wearing a bright colored mouse bar hat, I'm always going to wear red because it's the brightest one. You get extra points. And then at the end of the year, they tally it up and they figure out what each point's worth. So I think this year was like $42 or something, but if everybody points you accrued, you get that times 42. So when you can make... I don't care to boulder, but I made I made seventy five hundred off Valspar this year, so it's not such a nice little Christmas bonus. Love that, essentially. That's quite. And then we carry we carry a Jamie King towel, and they do something. I'm not sure how much, but nice. We all carry that. Pretty smart. Hell yeah! Caddies are always on the TV. Like it's a good little incentive. Like Especially that. if your players make missing cuts, you'll be wearing freaking pink hats in every tournament. <laughs> get an extra, <laughs> get a couple extra hundred quid. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I mean, Valspar's been good to us. They have, they host a few dinners a year, and it's they treat us well. And Valspar Week is always great for the caddies. One of my favorite wag stories, though, we were playing Wyndham. Well, I guess it's like two, three years ago, and he's got to finish like twenty fifth to keep his or to get into the I want to say the one twenty six to one fifty category. I think he had to finish twentieth or something. Mm-hmm. Well, we're Fridays struggling. He's running hot. We get to number. 14, 13, sorry. Hits it right rough. Pins back right. It's He's dead. Buried. Hits the shot. Kind of flares it right. 
immediately snaps the club over his knee, hands it to me, eight iron, chips the next one to 50 feet, rolls it in. Go to 14, he makes a nice par. Get to 15, he uh, hits another green in two, par five, two plus for birdie. Get to 16, and it's uh, it is a perfect eight iron number. Oh, I knew it. He's like, so what do you like here? You like nine iron or you like seven iron? And I'm like, well, I think we to get it close a tucked pin too. Like it is a perfect eight iron. Like I think you gotta hit the nine hard because there's no way we're stopping a seven. Rips it up there, it carries the bunker by I don't know, yard, rolls the putt in for birdie. We're four off the cut line at this time. Uh when he broke the club, we're four off the cut line. So birdie's sixteen also, birdie's seventeen, it's at like six feet, has a fifty footer on eighteen for birdie to make the cut and buries it. No, it's, Yo. he's like, I guess I got to call Katie, his wife, to bring me an eight iron. <laughs> so that happens. Plane. Does he do the tour? Do you do the tour van for that, or do you, you know how does that work? Well, what's the so the tour vans leave on Wednesday? So oh, I mean, if man. he's for, I mean, you either have an extra backup set, which not a whole lot of guys are going to travel an extra set, but. He's fortunate we were in Greensboro, an hour and a half from home. His wife was coming up anyway, so she had to bring him an eight iron from one of his old sets. That's class. That's cool. <laughs> I love that. The old club, the club snap, it, it was so perfect. Dude. Over the knee, immediately handed, stuff in the bag. Let's go. <laughs> but it was just what he needed. He, he changed the company. Little, yeah. You know, a little reset the mind. You're thinking, fuck, you need to hit an eight iron, but you don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like soft seven or hard to hard to all day. I just want one other question. Have you ever been any in a group with any of the superstars like the Rory's, Tigers, like the big the big timers? So last year we, we had a few. I wouldn't say they're all they're necessarily big time now, but we had a few good groups last year. I think his first week out, we went out with Matt Kuchar, and he was he, you could not have a better person than Matt Kuchar. He was, took a, was two steps off the tee box. All right, Harrison, well, tell me your story. Hmm. And he was great, and then we got. I think Vegas, Stuart Sink, the Wells Fargo, we had Francesco Molinari. And then the best one for him, at least, Byron Nelson with Jason Day. I mean, it's yeah. a kid. I mean, the kid looks up to Jason Day his whole life. I mean, it's hard to. And then he went on to win the event, too. So that was on Saturday, third to last group. Mm-hmm. He's not going to admit it, but I think he was a touch intimidated. Yeah. But, I mean, you couldn't have a better person, too, than Jason Day to. I mean, the fellow Aussie, he was as nice as could be, giving him advice the whole day. It was, it was pretty damn cool. And the crowds were huge. Yeah, I bet. But, yeah, it's badass. Was, is there like a noticeable difference in game? Or are they, are they pretty similar? I mean, Jason Day was, you know, he was top top two, top well, three one. in the world, number one, yeah. You see just how smart these guys play. I mean, the, the top guys, they, they turn one over, two over rounds into two, three under, and their bad day is that two three under day, and that's what keeps them in contention every week. I mean, Molinari, our- he's been struggling the last few years, but we watch him at Wells Fargo, and he just plots around the whole golf course. It's just fairway green. I mean, he's not playing his best stuff, but he's you watch him, you're like, I see why this guy has won majors and he's in contention for majors. What's uh, can you lead us into any goals of Harrison's? Obviously, to win, but you know. Is there anything that stands out for him that he really wants to achieve this year? I think obviously with the fall, the new fall series, it's uh, essentially you're not playing. Obviously, there's some good players or some top players playing each week, but essentially the fields are opposite field events this fall. And getting in that top 125 is huge to get you in the players. So I think that's the ultimate goal is to win. But 
to get to that point, you also need to get in the top 125. We're sitting at 129 at this moment. So one big week, you kind of lock it up. But I, I think if he can, his goal would be to keep his card and then all of a sudden next year you're playing golf courses you know, you've been to all these places and it makes life just so much easier. How are you feeling about this week in Vegas? I mean, I told people last week before it even started, I, I told the guys I'll stay with. I was like, I, I mean, you say it every week, we're going to win. But I truly believed last week was going to be a good week. And it, it started that way. It wasn't exactly the finish that we wanted, but it was so many positives coming from it. I, I think he's going to play well. He loves this golf course. I think I think we're going to be there. I think we'll not well, win, but we're going to be, at the end of the week, I think we're going to be positive and happy. I think he's going to have a good week. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, as I say, his golf swing was pure. He's got a good team around him, so that's. And I saw a little clip of you know the PGA put up. You know he he seemed that he was actually because it can be obviously as you know as a player it's so disheartening when you're there, you know, yeah. and and when you see guys shoot three two three four four five six under and he shoots one two over and you're like, but I just didn't feel like I played like that. I should have shot two three under myself. Like that's got to be frustrating, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I told him after Saturday. I said, you know, I don't. So Thursday he shoots bogey free sixty seven. I think he had seventeen greens and thirty. I mean, it was the most stress free five hundred you've ever seen. It was, it was. I mean, it was how you play golf. It's how the good guy, or the top players play on their off days. They they go and hit fifteen greens, and the greens they miss, they go down. And I said the only difference between Saturday and Thursday. Thursday your miss was to the fat part of the green, and you either two putted or rolled one in. On Saturday, you miss it on the short side, and it trickled off into spaces or places that we didn't need to be. But the golf wasn't any different, so I wouldn't be discouraged with how you hit it. You hit it just as good as you hit it Thursday. It's just other side of the hole. And I think that's, that helps take it positive. So. Yeah. And I'm sure you saw in these interviews like eight weeks ago at the end of the year, he wasn't in a great place, and he, he – went and made the decision to stop drinking and he's hit the gym more. And I think he's just excited about playing golf again. I mean, it gets lonely on tour. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people don't know that. Like, obviously they, you know, they just see again, Tiger Woods winning great, great, you know what I mean? But they don't know the likes of the guys who are rookies who are, are coming up on tour. Like it's a, it's a serial grind. It's kind of like you reset Would you kind of, I, I got told by a, yeah. a guy, it, it's kind of a reset button. You're not only resetting then to go on corn ferry, but then you're resetting to get on PGA tour. Like you're a nobody. Yeah. You've got to take your game to then that next level to which these guys have done it for 10, 15 years, you know? Yeah. There's, there's just a rare time where the guy comes out on tour and he's, firing all cylinders his rookie year. I mean, they, they work for it. And on TV and even like the Netflix show, you see you see the glamour part of it. You, you see the big names, the guys that have $100 million in their bank account, not the guy that still lives in an apartment with his girlfriend. And if he doesn't play well, he's, he's looking at his bills. And, I mean, he gets – Doing that commercial yeah. for Freddie Fries, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Is there any guy on tour that you uh, you like a lot? Look like you'd be like, oh, I'm buzzing to get paired with him or any caddy caddy player that you guys get guys. Obviously, close, going well. close friends are always you always want to get paired with friends. I mean, there's guys that I grew up playing against. Uh, Harold was one of them, and unfortunately, he's not. We don't get to see him. Uh, I guess at some point we will. But he's fun to play with. Uh, we played today with Eric Cole. I'm really close with his caddies, Russ Cochran's son and Zach Blair. I mentioned earlier. And, 
I mean, you just you play with friends. It's always fun. Hell so yeah. I had, that was kind of the deal on Saturday at Sanderson. We got paired with Ben Griffin, and him and Harrison are close. So I get along really well with Ben and his caddy, Alex. And <clears throat> so it was a comfortable pairing, which is nice. That must help, right, for a player's perspective too, especially when you're at the at the top. But it's as I say, it's competitive as well at the end of the day. So it's like I want to beat you as much as you know we're we're out there on tour having fun. Yeah, but you, yeah, you'd rather play with Big Griffin on, on the last group on Saturday, somebody you're close with, than Tiger Woods, and you're at the yeah. headlights just don't know how to react if Tiger does it his whole life. I mean, yeah. there's obviously comfortable pairings and ones that you prefer. I'm looking forward to the weekend. See see how you guys get on. See if you can push forward. I think it'll be good. It's a, Like I said, it's a good setup for him. He likes it. And anytime you can go to a place that you know you like, it makes life easier. Oh, 100 percent going in confidence is like life <laughs> just if you're confident <laughs> go to life it's it yeah. makes it a lot easier especially at a golf course you like too 100 percent. yeah i mean there's a lot to be said about being comfortable well man i don't know I, it, it's funny you know i i got so many more questions but as i say you're a you're a busy man so it won't take too much more time of yours but we appreciate it very much sir and uh, always for sure we'll uh we'll link up at at the Vals bar and I want to see Harrison lifting a lifting a heavy metal trophy. Absolutely. It'll be a, a, a nice party whenever he wins his first one. I can promise you that. Oh, I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I already, I can already see it now. I can already might, see it now. He might lay off the alcohol, but other people there are not going to lay off the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Man's going to need a lot of laying. Get geese off that table right now. What's he doing? You got a loop for me next week. <laughs> Absolutely. There'll be a few bourbons. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank Appreciate you, man. Boys. Appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. For thank sure, you. buddy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep in touch. Well, that's that. What a guy. What a geezer. Literally. What a geese. A geezer. A geezer. Yeah, I, th- I knew I'd butchered his name. I knew it. It's funny because we actually had the conversation before and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's guys. I heard the Geese. the guy on TV, the commentator, he was talking about Harrison Endicott and his Kelly David Geist. So I was like, I assume he's done his research. Oh, obviously yeah. not. Now, obviously, yeah. now the whole world knows it's geese. Love it. Yeah, what a top geezer. Geezer. Um, no, really enjoyable, really good insight. Um, not only from a rookie caddy in the sense of on the PGA Tour, but I wouldn't say rookie, actually. I'll take that back. He's he's obviously had a few years under his belt. He's done um, the dirty work. He's done the hard yards. He, he has. He has. Uh, really, really good perspective. He was a good guy. I just knew when I was looping for him, I'm like, this is a geezer that I want on the pod because he likes to drink. He's a good golfer. He's chilled out. <laughs> likes to drink. Your criteria in a pal. Likes to drink. Yes. My, we're pals. We're <sighs> pals now. <laughs> he's probably like, I've never seen him ever again. <laughs> yeah. He's blocked your number. <laughs> he's going to file a lawsuit against this pod. Oh, Brilliant. Uh, but nah, you enjoy it? A good one? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I always find it interesting, you know? Especially because I was watching the tournament this weekend where he was up in the mix. Obviously, you know, it didn't end as we would have liked, but it's just cool. I just like seeing it, you know? We've seen it in the flesh, seen it on TV. I'm sure we're going to see more of him on the uh, on the tour on the TV as he gets in contention. But yeah, no, it's just cool. I just like it. I like hearing the stories, hearing the insights. Yeah, I hope Harrison listens to it also because 
I would, I, just, I know, I would, I would love, I'd just like to have someone like that on my back. I don't want the serious. I want oh, a I bit saying, I'd love to have someone like that on the pod. Who? Right, Harrison. Oh, well, yeah, obviously, and Harrison yeah. wants to jump yeah, on when he wins. listening, come on. We'll when he, when on. he wins, when he wins, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'd, lo- I'd love to see it. Um, but no, having someone that experienced on the bag in the sense of, you know, playing a lot, um, but yeah, that no, was always, I love it. You know, quite a good comparison, obviously, with Pepsi uh, numerous episodes ago. But, you know, yeah. the the way they attack their jobs. It, it, everyone's pretty similar, I feel like. But at the same yeah. time, I feel like their individual personalities kind of come out. And I think that's what, you know, makes them who they are, really. I know, yeah. I tell you what, it makes me want to get on tour and have you on the bag. That would be class. Just dossing around. Come on. Missing you've cuts for days. You've got the Jim Furyk swing. <laughs> and, I've, and I've got... I've got his swing, but none of the ability. Honestly, that would be class. Get, get me on tour. Get me, who, needs a, who needs a looper? You know, who needs a looper? Who needs one? Tiger? I'm here. I'm here. Anyone? I'm here. I'll work on, I'm, I'll work on sheer bonus. So if you make the cut, I'll you, take it, obviously. Sorry, if anyone wants to hire Marcus, he, he will accept payment in the form of high noons. <laughs> High noons. He'll be fine with that. Oh, man. And he'll make sure he wears a full purple Joseph's multicolor raincoat for the Valspar payout. Gotta be the hi- I'm going to be the highest paid out caddy on tour. <laughs> You're going to get paid more from Valspar than <laughs> the the guys that are just scraping their tour cards. That's fine. As long as I'm on tour, I'll be Marcus Crowe, you've accumulated 1.6 million Valspar <laughs> points. Man's got Valspar tattooed all over his body. You, you you are you are top twenty in the money list this year. Come You're going to bankrupt the house bar. I am done it. Absolutely bombarded. I'm going to paint myself. <laughs> paint myself. But yeah, no, really good insight. Um, really, really enjoyed it. But that's what we want. We want more professional geezers. Uh, we want more caddies, players to to be on the pod, give their perspective. Mm. And also, I like the perspective because he's done it at a country club too. Yeah, so he knows he's done the full the full works. But yeah, let us know. What do you think? What do you think of David? Were there any questions we forgot that we should have asked? Because we can always get back in touch, rerun this thing back. Yeah, we'll do episode 14. We'll get them on every week. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah. And always remember subscribe. <laughs> get on TikTok. Subscribe. And also, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe. Bit of it to end, end on an even better note. We are entering. The YouTube world. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen soon. I mean, we say that. We're just going to put the uh, the pods up on YouTube just yep. for a different... Little outlook. Yeah, different platform to listen so on. So, yeah, you'll, you'll see Pat doing acrobatics whilst listening to the pod. I'd love to see you do ac- you doing the pole vault whilst listening to the pod. Why the bloody hell am I doing a pole vault? Imagine the YouTube views on you doing... With a bib on. <laughs> With the bib on. Yeah. In, into the lake on number four. <laughs> What's the other one? What's the, the steeple The steeple uh, chase? Steeple chase is a running chase? race where you yeah. like jump over the bleachers. With the bib stuff. on. Into Bush a lake. in yeah. hand. So, yeah. Brilliant. Anyway, go down a rabbit hole. We'll finish the pod with our classic live. Laugh. Live.